0: Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Dan Cop. Uh, Did I pronounce that right?
1: Yeah. All right.
0: All right. I got Dan Cop on the show today. Welcome to the John Papaloni Show.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate being here. This is an exciting opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Look, at, I was looking forward to this. I mean, I always look forward to my podcast episodes. I think, uh, you know, you have some great value to bring our listeners and, and viewers So this is very exciting. I mean, I start off every single podcast with a brief or descriptive biography of yourself, of who you are, how you got there, and why you're doing it.
1: Right on. Well, um, I exist to help other leaders. Uh, I've gone through a couple different careers. I started in the Army right out of high school, didn't know what I really want to do in life. Did that for eight and a half years, realized it really wasn't for me. And most people say that's either too long or not long enough. It just didn't resonate with me anymore. So I switched, uh, ended up in public education by chance, believe it or not. Um, And after five years of teaching, which I loved and loved interacting with the kids, I became an associate principal principal for five years. And then I was a district administrator, also known as superintendent for 10 years in public education. Since 2019, my partners and I have owned a company called Dynamico, where we, in essence, help other leaders. We do it two, several ways, actually. I love to coach and mentor other leaders. That's my true passion. I also find great satisfaction in working with employers when we help them save time and money while they attract and retain great people. We have software that allows them to build compensation systems, to uh, customize, basically, we call them pay differential variables, but they put in the things, the ideas, the, the attributes, the skills, the certifications, the degrees, the things that they know make good employees in their organization. We put those in our software. It allows them to customize their compensation systems and pay people what they're worth. And we also uh, provide consulting services through a business financial lens as well. One of my partners is a guru with algorithms and business uh finances so that's what we do we love it Uh, i love my partners and we have a great thing going here
0: sounds like it it's uh you know very interesting i mean like you know what can i say i mean it's it's definitely a uh you know it's a great industry to be in i mean you know i i can totally uh relate and understand that now let me ask you something though like you got in you know you got into the army or military police What was the inspiration behind that? I mean, growing up, let's be honest, we grow up. I don't think that's on anybody's agenda. I I think we grow up and, you know, when we grow up, anyone has, you know, about a dozen careers before they actually pick one and you have different influences and stuff. So what was your influence to start there?
1: You know, it's a, it's, it's going to sound pathetic, quite honestly, It was an easy way out, not to to say that the Army was easy, but it was easy to make a decision to sign a piece of paper. So when I was a junior in high school, I was getting recruited heavily by institutions of higher ed for both academics and for football and recruiters from all the armed services. And it was just a nonstop barrage of information, meetings at my high school and meetings at my house. And it just noise, right? It was just noise. And I didn't like the noise. My older brother had gone in the Army, so that was an avenue of which I was aware. doesn't mean I always aspired to be in the Army, but it was, an, it was a path I could follow. Once I literally asked the Army recruiter, so if I sign this piece of paper that says about a year from now, I'm going to actually be in the active Army, what happens to all this other noise and all this other stuff that's going on with recruiters out there? Does that end? He said, yep, just tell them that you are in the Army and they can quit bothering you now dude where do i sign so i signed the paper literally because it just was an easy decision to make one signature i was 17 at the time so i think a parent had to sign also so it was technically two signatures and that allowed me to go in the army it shut down all the noise again it was an easy route to take i didn't recognize that until i was working with a leadership coach about 3 years ago and he told me you you tend to take the easy way out and once i looked at my life i'm like oh yeah not to say that Being a military police officer during the Cold War was easy. Not to say that teaching was easy. Being a principal was easy. Being a superintendent was easy. None of that was easy, but the route I took, there was a path there. I got on the path. I followed it, and it was easy.
0: Right, right. Now, again, how do you go from military to education?
1: (laughs) Good question. Um, I have a messed up back. So the Veterans Administration was going to pay for additional education for me. And there were some several options. I ended up in northern Wisconsin near a a school, a college that only had teaching of the options they afforded me. So I'm like, ah, guess I'm going to get a teaching degree. So that's literally how I backed into education. I've not hidden that from some people, from anybody. I've been on job interviews. Actually, when I was hired as a superintendent, I told them I backed into education. It was not my passion when I was growing up. It was my passion at that time. I outgrew that passion um, and now I'm on to something that really is my calling. You mentioned earlier, people have to mature and they go through a different career iterations to figure out what they really want to do when they grow up. I'm still in that process, it feels like. And I'm I think I'm there now. I, I'm at a spot where I realize what I want to do when I grow up and I'm doing
0: it now. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Now, even going to what you're saying, right? Like it's you realize you're there. So one thing I like to know is everyone has that moment. They go, aha, I made it. Now, sometimes people figure that out later on sometimes people figure that out early on some people times people never figure it sometimes people just coast and they never find that did you and when would it be where you had that aha moment saying that this is it this is where i'm supposed to be and i feel like i'm on my success trajectory well it's gonna
1: i'm gonna have to go back to um about I guess it was 12 years ago, I had the great fortune of hiring a young man who is now a close friend and also my business partner, Dr. Michael Jewick. And at that time, he was a literally fresh out of the classroom and became my associate principal when I was a high school principal. And because he was work literally, it was September, it was a really late hire. He was literally working in, in a middle school one day and he became my high school associate principal and athletic director the next day, literally the next day. He really was out of his element, but he's got a great um, natural set of skills that he didn't know existed at the time. And he really helped me identify who I was and what I was. So for the first several months we worked together, he, he asked me all the time, um, not how to do something, but more, hey, I saw what you did. I understand what you did. I agree with what you did, but Why did you know to do it that way? So after a couple months of ignoring his questions, I started thinking about why I knew what I was doing and why I did the things I did. And it really made me look inside to not necessarily who I am, but why I am that person. So most adults can say who they are. Pretty basic thing. We all go through that. We can articulate who we are. Not too many people can say why they are that person. And that's one of the things I work with my uh, my coaching clients. I get to the the why behind who they are, because whoever you are is not wrong. You're you are who you are. But we need to explore and determine why you are that person. And once I did that, it, it almost took the blinders off, and I saw the world in a totally different perspective that led me to becoming a superintendent. The following, you know, six months later, all of a sudden, I'm a superintendent because of Mike's influence on me and him challenging me daily to get to my why I am that person and why I act the way I do. And then shortly after getting that job, I had several people in my network say to me, you're going to be here very a short period of time because you're going to outgrow this place because you need to have a bigger influence than what your current situation allows for. So... That honestly irritated me at first because I had just reached my career goals in my early 40s. I thought, hey, come on, I just got here. And now you're asking me what's my next step because I'm going to outgrow this place. And I love the district I was in, love the people with whom I worked. It, but eventually I did outgrow it. And for the last three or four years, five years, I really felt like there was something else out there. I know what I wanted to do. And it was it was in the leadership, mentoring Coaching and helping other leader world, but I just didn't know what it looked like until you fast forward to early two thousand nineteen, where Mike, my other partner, Dave Betts, and I created the company Dynamico, and we were off and running. So, Mike's influence on me when, um, twelve years ago really led to where I am today.
0: That makes sense. I mean, again, you basically uh, found a mentor.
1: I did, and yeah. he's he's quite younger than I am, and now we are close friends, and he coaches me and mentors me, and I reciprocate in kind.
0: Which brings up the point, though, and, and something I've commonly seen, which is most successful people always have a coach or mentor behind them, right? It's like they say, you never can never build something on your own. You could be a solopreneur and successful, but deep down, you're not a solopreneur. Chances are that solopreneur had that mentor, had that person to push them, had that person to keep them accountable, had that person to run things off of. So, I'm, yeah, so and nobody does it alone and nobody who's been successful has done it alone. So I guess there's different ways of getting mentorship. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have someone on payroll that's sitting there behind you, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that you don't. But common theme is that every successful person has that mentor.
1: Absolutely. And it, it's like you said, it's not somebody you're necessarily paying as a coach or a mentor. But it's networking. That's where I get my mentoring from. Uh, I was engaged with an emerging leader last week, and he and I were on a call, and he's in Australia. And he taught me something, and he said it in a way that I had never thought about it before, but I I had embraced it without knowing I had embraced it. And he said, it's his business to know things because I, I commented about all the great things he's involved in. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've got answers for that. I've gotten like, how do, dude, how do you know all this stuff? And he, well, it's my business to know things because that's going to lead to other opportunities. I, that's huge. So there was in a, it get to know you type call. It wasn't a, a coaching type call at all, but he's half my age, if not more. And I learned something from him. So I learned from people I coach all the time and from people I mentor. And it's, it's, networking is where I've grown the most. And that's honestly that I was thinking about that about three, four weeks ago. Like what wish, what do I wish I had when I was an emerging leader in my twenties that I could have accelerated my growth. And I thought a network, that's what I was missing. I have a great one now. So I made a network. I went to Facebook, created an emerging leadership, uh, emerging leaders, networking group for leaders to engage other leaders to grow together. There are veteran leaders in there. There are emerging leaders in there and everywhere in between. And we're growing together because good leaders understand that the growth never ends. Constantly improving your skills. Here I am coaching people. And I I told you, I learned from somebody two weeks ago. It's always something. uh, There's always something out there that you can use to either enhance what you're already doing or sharpen one of the tools in your toolkit, whatever you can, however, you look at it, there's always new knowledge out there that can make a better version of you.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and I always believe something called like my favorite saying is your net worth is equates to your net work.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's surrounding yourself self with people you aspire to be, you, you who are like you, have the answers. I've got another person in my network, uh, Simon Osimo, and he figure stuff out. So if I have a question about being an entrepreneur and whether it's StreamYard or something else, he's got answers for me. He figures stuff out. So that's the power of networking. uh, People figure stuff out. They've got knowledge. And that's one of my leadership approaches and my tenets is I lead like King Arthur. King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Everybody had a voice. At the end of the day, it may have been his decision. He had to own it but he listened to all his trusted advisors. That's what I do. I listen to people in my network. I may have to own the decision, but when I talk to everybody, my decision is going to be much better than it would have been had I not talked to them.
0: Absolutely. Now, I want to clarify something, and this has been my personal experience, and then you can tell me your thoughts about it. Is it's not? A, it's What's important is to not just... It's important to listen to everybody, hear what people have to say, but you have to form your own opinion as well because it's also what makes a difference is who you're getting that opinion from because you can go down the street, ask 10 different people about a certain subject and you're going to get 10 different responses, but not everybody's qualified to give you the answer that you're looking for. Like it's like trying to learn how to become a millionaire from someone who went bankrupt the week before chances are you're going to get the wrong advice unless you're looking for what not to do, <laughs> right? So, I, so you know, where you get the advice is just as important to as what advice you get. You always have to take it with a grain of salt and form your own opinion. But it's best to get the most information in and the most facts in, not just being told and then make a decision based on that.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Um, I think I use the word trusted advisors around the yes, table. So, um, you di- it isn't random information that you can take in. At times it may be. Maybe you, you know, like you're on an island and you have nowhere to turn and you need another point of view. And you have a discussion with somebody that may, you know, the light bulb turns it on after that. But typically I go to my trusted advisors, whether it's my partner, Mike, or my partner, Dave. Simon, I mentioned, or other people in my life that have answers who I trust, and they've got a track record that proves how solid of people they are. Because, you know, despite where someone is in the organization, there's still leadership at every level of an organization, and there's quality people at every level of an organization. So wherever, whatever your hierarchy looks like in an organization, whatever employee group is in the bottom in your mind, there's trusted people in that group just like there are trust uh, people trustworthy in the top group and everywhere in between so look for trustworthy people people who've got a vested interest in your success a, uh, have knowledge have proven success or quality people all that goes into trusting the words coming out of their mouth
0: for certain sure for sure that's certain now here's the other thing right and going to what you're saying is that because you you said relationships in there which is what I like because I believe, That the best business comes from building relationships. I think today too many people want to rely on the internet. They want to rely on posting on social media. They want this instant gratification. I did a post and nobody called. And that's not really the way it works. And too many people out there thinks that it's just going to be a few things on the internet. And poof, I'm going to launch and be a billionaire. They're not even after a million anymore. They want a billionaire. So it's either they've given up and they're talking six figures and six figures basically means I just want a job that I like. Um, Cause really like what kind of a goal is six figures, go to work at a, co- a big communication company. You're going to get six figures and you don't need the stress from that. I mean, I'm not knocking it. Don't misunderstand me. You have to have a goal and start somewhere. I'm not saying don't start somewhere, but ambition's got to be real. You know what I mean? And but you have to strive towards something. Maybe You know, the first two years or three years should be to get to that six figures. But long term, you're either growing or dying. I mean, and you said that earlier. And if you're like, if you got such a low bar, you're going to get bored and give up so easily that it's not even funny. Things won't work. 90 days, you're already packing your bags because the bar is so low. And when the bar is so low and you're not achieving that, it's very easy to become demotivated. Right. So, so where I'm going with it is that the fact that you have to have a bar that makes it worth getting up. But the only way you're going to build business isn't by just being on social media. And I'm not, not not I'm not knocking it because you're building brand by being online. But the way people are going to buy from you isn't because of a post. They're going to buy from communicating with you and you're building a relationship with you, with you. And then you're they're becoming to know you, like you, and trust you. At the same time, you're gonna repel the people that are not for you. So you won't have to waste your time or their time trying to argue with why your product will work or not work for a person. Because I, I you know, like even myself, let's look at it. I sell homes, buy homes, right? Like even my investment firms is real estate investment. So you may not like me. Look. I'm dressed up more today than I normally am. Normally I'm in a little sweat, like shirt. You know what I mean? You may look at that and say, I want a guy who's in that, you know, a shirt like that every day. And this guy does it once in a blue moon. He's not for me. I can't be seen around him. Fine. Sayonara. Because I'm not for you and that's okay. So how do you know? You build relationships and you know who you work with well and who you don't work with well. And then sometimes even the person you don't work will have a referral to you with someone you do jive with. So it's not all uh, like this whole idea of uh, competition and your competition is your enemy. And you know what I mean? No, 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 no. I think of abundance and then in terms of abundance, there's plenty of business for everybody and as knowing who you cater to, who your niche is, who you work with. And if you guys all work together, you can get a lot further than if you're trying to compete with each other.
1: I agree. There is so much there that I want to comment on. So first of all, you started with um, relationships. Let me let me start with that. We're recording this mm-hmm. on a Friday. I spent time on um, my Facebook group this morning. I did a, a live, and then I'm going to post something later on LinkedIn. Not to maybe to work on brand. I don't know, but I practice spread the love on Friday. Been doing it for years, and spread the love. That is when I go out on Friday. I I really hate having anything on my calendar. This, this podcast is an exception, um, anything on my calendar on Friday because I set Friday aside to spread the love. And what's that look like? That looks like me reaching out via text, phone call, email to people in my network to check on them. Two, two things that does for me. It, it strengthens relationships with those in my network, shows them that I'm thinking of them, I support them, I appreciate them, which is all true. But typically, they reciprocate and Ask me how I'm doing, uh, show appreciation, whatever. You get the feels from that. It feels good to go out and reach out to help somebody. and You're just strengthening or relationships you currently have or building rapport with people you've just met, something like that. Um, you mentioned in uh, another thing you mentioned. Oh, I lost one of my train of thought. I had three things. only wrote two down. <laughs> um, one, working with your competition. I call that cooperation, cooperating with the competition because some of the Oddly enough, in Wisconsin, when I was leading a school district, we have something called open enrollment where people can choose to go from live in one district, but send their kids to another district. So in essence, we're competitors, right? Well, I collaborated all the time with my neighboring districts who are competitors, because together we could grow and be a more positive influence on our collective community and do what's right for our kids. And it didn't matter to me if they went to my schools or uh, somebody else's school. Because we got better together. So what are you doing leading your school or your district that I can do to make mine better and vice versa? So competition is huge. I embrace that when I, I do um, a lot of speaking at conferences about attracting and retaining great people and uh, compensation. And I always talk about let's talk about competition because somebody in this room, I'm, you've got 80 of you in here. Somebody in here has figured out how, how to attract and retain great people without throwing extra money at them. What it, What are your secrets? So I I definitely embrace the coopetition discussion. I don't even know where that word came from. I don't even know if it's a real word, but mm-hmm. I like it. So uh, Friday's about spreading the love and embracing people in your network, checking on them. I've done it once this morning. It made me feel good. He showed appreciation when I uh, had contact with him and uh, it just makes everybody's life better. So I love spreading the love.
0: Makes sense. Absolutely. Now here here's another part, right? Like it's every you, you can't be the Jack of all trades, right, or the John of all trades, ha. Um, and what happens is, I believe that when you specialize in something and you do what you're best at, you thrive the most. And you got to learn to delegate. Now here's my point. What I'm what I'm trying to ask you here is that now when you began your uh, when you began your business. I mean, obviously, like we, we talked about, you already had help and all that, but how did you figure out what your strengths were and how did you know when to delegate? Because obviously every startup is going to have the same challenge and it's going to be a resource challenge, but it's not impossible. You obviously worked around it. You're still here and you're growing. Yeah. So how did you um, build work around them?
1: You know, I don't do much delegating in my current role. My two partners are t- still full-time school employees. Um, so... I do the lion's share of what we do on the face of a lot of what we do. Um, let me back up to where I learned the power of embracing your team. Uh, when I was promoted to principal, I was an associate principal, old school term assistant, Old school term, older school term vice, but I was an associate principal promoted within. So when we hired for my replacement, so in essence, I was moving one chair to the next office, Hiring somebody to take my place. And we hired a lady who, in my opinion, worked circles around me as, you know, compared to her first year as the associate principal, my first year, there was no pair. She was a lot better. I recognized that immediately when she said yes and said, yes, I want to work with you. And and I went back to my office. I distinctly remember this. Sat in my office at one o'clock in the afternoon thinking, oh my God, we just hired somebody who's going to make the current guy, namely me, look like an idiot next year because she's so much better. Went through that, what was me pity party for an hour. I don't honestly remember how I snapped out of that, but an hour later, I'm like, well, it is what it is. I embraced it. And I haven't looked back. So I recognize the value of having superstars around you. If I can hire or delegate to people who are better than i am at a certain task absolutely bring it on because it's your your forte not mine so i love working around superstars because it makes me better and hopefully i have an influence on them as well to to help them um, get closer to mastery with their skill set as well so uh, currently um, again more of a solopreneur concept even though there's three of us my partner, Dave, is joining me full-time July 1st because we're growing so much. We need two of us, and we're going to separate. He's got a skill set, and he's going – He's well, according to him, he's the brains and the looks of the outfit, so I'm not sure what I am. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do my stuff, and he's going to do his stuff, and we're going to complement one another. So we're going to to work towards our skills and uh, separate duties that way.
0: That makes sense. And see, that's, that's a key thing to partnerships, right? If everybody knows the rule – Like so so many partnerships fail out there because they're trying, everybody wants to be the same thing. They all want to do the same thing. Like, somebody, well, you know, everyone thinks they're the marketer. So now you got three people trying to be a marketer and three people going in the same direction or different directions. It really pulls everything apart because someone always feels left out. Now, when you get into a business, uh, you know, in partnerships and everybody has the role and they focus on their strengths and they work on what they're best at. That usually makes the best partnerships. You know, somebody says, oh, how do you know you're going to find somebody like you? Well, I don't want someone like me. I want someone different than me because if they were the same as me, why would I need them, right? So now we all have different leadership styles and we all, you know, like I'm a micromanager. I'm trying not to be. I mean, I'm terrible at not being a micromanager. So I tend to have to stay arm's length so I don't micromanage. But um, so I I see that as uh, a moments of uh, toughness. It's good to be a micromanager because you're right in the bullpen, right? And that's the good part. But you got to know when to step away and you're being too much. So I'm a work in progress, as I call it. So where I'm going to ask you, what is your particular leadership style?
1: That's a great question. I just um, actually posted about this the other day on my Facebook group. There's, in my opinion, good leadership looks different everywhere you go. The key to good leadership is being authentic. Um, everybody has leadership skills, whether they're in a leadership position or not, whether they want to acknowledge them or not. Your leadership skills are gonna be different than mine. You said something earlier than I just thought of what you said. Um, learning lessons from people what not to do is just as important to learn what to do. I spent decades watching leaders and thinking, I'm only learning from bad leaders here. Where are the good leaders? Why? I just see a bunch of stuff not to do. And it would be sort of like, all right, I don't know if I'm a good leader or not, or when I'm in a, whether I'm not, I'm going to be good at what I'm going to do next, what I'm doing now. But I do know based on what I just observed this leader doing, I'm not going to do that. So I always learn what not to do, but I struggle with learning what to do. And then I also know that leadership is personal. So I thought those two thoughts were unrelated until about five years ago, I was preparing to teach a leadership class to some high school students. And I realized there were those two are linked because if I'm different from you, I can't watch you or anybody on this call and say, all right, you did that leadership. Well, I'm going to do it like you because I'm not you. I have different, I'm, I'm a certain age, white male in America. That makes me different than a lot of people. And I've got experiences behind me that nobody else has ever had. Yes, people have been in the Army. Yes, people have been in education. But they haven't done my jobs and my roles with the people with whom I worked. were different. So it's hard to watch other leaders and learn from them because I'm not them. But it's sure easy to watch another leader screw something up and say, hey, note to self, don't do that. So getting back to my leadership style, I – Going back to Mike, uh, my partner, Mike, helping me identify why I am what I am, that helped me really identify my approach to leadership. And I then work towards mastering those skills. Never going to get there, but I'm going to work at it daily to master them. And when you identify your skills, whoever you are is right. There's no nobody on this who's listening to this who is wrong for who they are. You've just got to identify your leadership skills, identify the positive, and start working towards maximizing their impact in sharpening those tools in your toolkit. And then that allows you to be a true authentic self, whether you're in a job interview or in a day-to-day role, when you arrive as yourself and say, this is who I am, this is why I am who I am, and this is what I'm going to do. That's authenticity and it will take you places. It's not, I'm a, I, I coach my people or I'm a micromanager or I'm autocratic or I'm democratic or I'm a servant leader, All I, I can do all that stuff. You need to have your skills, know how you're wired, know what works for you and most importantly, know what approach to leadership you need to take given the situation and the people in front of you because it's going to look different every day. You could have two identical situations But because the people are different in each one, you're going to approach them differently. So there's not one approach to leadership. I would argue authenticity is the answer. The power of me. We talk to our clients about that. You know, look within. You've got the power. Let's figure out what your powers are. Sharpen them. The same holds true when we work with our clients through compensation system. All your employees or the ideal employee brings something great to the table. Those are the things you need to identify and pay them for those things. It's not about longe- only longevity anymore. You've got less veteran employees doing great things for you. Acknowledge those great things and compensate you compensate the for them. That it reinforces the greatness they have in them, the power of me within them. And it allows you to make a connection with them. And when there's a connection, employees tend to stay. So it's a win-win all the way around, identifying the great things people do. Own your leadership skills, the other lens pay people for the great things they're doing.
0: See, I like how you say that, like about, about it being connection, right? And and people want to feel included. They want to feel a part of something. That's usually you're right. That's and that connection is what keeps people around. And that's the best way to retain somebody. Is so when they feel like they're a part of it and not just uh, you know a uh, little sector that's been thrown at them or just something that's been ordered to do something or just like a, a number in the, in an organization. Absolutely. You know, like it's, it's so true. Uh, And you know, like people have to be able to uh, share your vision. And I think that's why it's always important to start with your why, because if people understand your why and they understand what you want and what direction you want to go, and they can get on board with that, then they're going to share your vision. They may add their own twist in your vision, in their own head, that, that makes it valuable for them. And that's okay. But at least they, you guys have a common goal, a common vision, a common outcome, a common desire, and people can get behind that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I work with my clients via coaching and mentoring or with compensation, I, I didn't really think about a legacy until about 14 years ago. I was working in a school and we had a facilitator come in and say, what type of preferred future? I don't remember the exact question. I'm going to paraphrase. But what's a preferred future? Like, where do you want to make an impact? How do you want that to be viewed? And it was in a large group. And I was, you're first. I'm like, ah, oh, i never thought of that question before. But I was first. So I immediately thought the gratification I feel when I saw people that I had mentored or coached who were educators in my building having a positive impact on kids like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want. So fast forward to what I'm doing now. When I see people I mentor and coach or clients who have engaged with us to use our software called Dynamic Comp to positively impact individuals, people they lead, their organizations, and they're moving them forward, I love that. At the end of the day, nobody needs to know who I am because when I can have impact on those people who turn around and positively impact their organizations or the people in their network, That's the win I'm looking for. That's my legacy.
0: That's pretty thought out. I mean, (laughs) that's awesome. So with that being said, right, like obviously, what is your plan? Like like obviously when you get in business, you're not going to stay the same. You're going to grow. So and now the objective of growing is to be able to impact as many people as possible, not just one or two people. Now it's fine if you impact one or two people because it's better than impacting nobody but usually you want to get as many people as possible. I mean, and sometimes we use the word scaling. So what is your what is your plan, you know, over the next few years on uh, scale and growth?
1: That's a, a great question, and it's ever-evolving. A year ago, I would have not even had an answer for you. Six months ago, heck, three months ago, I would have told you you were crazy if you were to ask me to be on your podcast, and here I am. So I'm ever-evolving with my approach, But I've realized the broader reach I have, whether it's presenting at at conferences, and I've got several coming up in the next couple months, or doing podcasts like this, working with individual clients, the broader reach I can have, the better I feel about life. Um, Somebody literally asked me about three months ago, do you miss working in public schools because of the impact you're no longer having on the kids? Hadn't thought of it really until somebody asked me that. Then I realized, oh my gosh, the impact I'm having now is huge compared to the impact I had before. Love what I was doing, love my coworkers, love the district, love the kids. But what, the impact I'm having now is so much broader. I've got clients who have turned their organizations around because of the values, the approach with values that we take with compensation, where they've articulated what's important to them and they wear it on their sleeve, and they tell their employees, this is what's important. They hire people based on, these are the things we've identified are important. Come to us, and we'll pay you for them. And when they've got people all doing the same thing, and all working towards the same goal with the same values, their organizations are turning around. And it's it's remarkable to see. And then when I see people I've mentored and coached, and they're having positive impacts on people, it's just the broader reach I can have, and that's that's one of the reasons I started the Facebook group I mentioned. The reason I'm on LinkedIn posting all the time. I just want to help other people, and the more I can get my face and voice out there talking to people about leadership and um, making connections with employees and attracting and retaining great people, the better I'm feeling about myself, and the better the larger impact I can have. And we're just gonna take this where it goes. Like I said, one of my partners is joining me full time July 1st. And hopefully uh, my other partner, Mike, is soon behind him. I don't know where, what that'll happen, but we'll see. But it's it's fun. And uh, six months from now, you ask me that same question, I'll have probably a different answer for you because I'll have more ideas, more, more opportunities. I don't know.
0: Yeah, of course, because, you know, we're always evolving. So that's very important. Now, let me ask you something. Now, not everything is as rosy and cheeky as, uh, you know, usually public profiles sound. We've all had moments of struggle, moments of triumph moments of uh where we question ourselves and we ask ourselves why are we doing this am i doing you know did i do the right thing should i change whatever and we all get that inside voices that we get right like so my question is what was a moment in your path where you felt maybe like you plateaued you got stuck you didn't you know and sometimes you question whether even doing the right thing or whether you should just do something else or whether even, you know, wasted your time or whether this is the best thing on earth. And, you know, you kind of sort of have to find that self where you're saying, yeah, it's time to push forward and time to move on. Like, like what I mean by move on is, you know, leave the negativity out, leave, leave the down talk out, leave the doubt out, get over it and move on to the next state step. So how did you overcome that?
1: Uh, Well, honestly, I'm a work in progress because I have self-doubt every day. You talked about, uh, I think you used the word earlier, good leaders are always looking to grow. And, you know, good leaders question themselves all the time. And um, good people question themselves all the time. It's the people who have their head in the sand and they're in a leadership position. They're going about their daily business and don't reflect on what went right or what went wrong behind them. They're the ones who are not growing, who are not being effective as they could be. I'm constantly second-guessing stuff. Um, second-guessing led to realizing the Army wasn't for me. Second-guessing, realizing that I didn't made my mark in public education, but it, it got to be where it I was yearning for something else, and that's what led me to where I am. And I'm second-guessing myself all the time. Um, what I've recently started doing, I just had a uh, coaching experience with uh, Jillian Murphy out of Michigan that ended last night. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I um, committed to journaling more often than I had in the past, which was pretty much zero. <laughs> and I talk about every day, I write down some wins or some things for which I'm thankful. And that really helps me, uh, focus and get, get my mind in the right spot. Uh, but something as simple, I look for other wins too. I had, um, I've got a man, I've got a leadership manuscript that hopefully will be a book by the end of the, the summer that I got in the hands of eight people within my network. Some of whom are very close friends and last Friday unsolicited one of them, um, Yolanda Johnson, she might listen to this eventually. She, uh, Texted me something about how great the manuscript was, and she loved it. And paraphrase, I don't remember what, but it was very positive. I'm like, "Whoo!" First official feedback I had had from my outside of my wife and kids, which you know, where are they in the? In, in, as far as authentic feedback, I don't know. Um, so, from when I got that from Yolanda, I thought, "My gosh, this I'm onto something here. This is great." And it made me feel great, and I was on cloud nine going into the weekend last weekend. That's funny yeah
0: but yeah let me ask you something you brought up something your wife and kids right because entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey now sometimes even if you're married with kids and you have them right there they're not always in your business and they're not always sharing those emotions sometimes you want to protect them from having those uh, emotions as well because let's face it work isn't always 24 7 for everybody I mean especially if they're not in the business but you know you could be out on the beach you could be out uh out to dinner and and I'm sure just like me you've had things in your mind that you're having a conversation at dinner with them but in your mind you're going okay did this happen did that happen mm, I didn't get the reply for this I wonder you know like in your mind still wandering because you almost never turn off as an entrepreneur so so with that being said my question is that um how does it, how does, you know, your, fa- how do you like, sort of like step out of the business, interact with your family and like, sort of not like, is, is there times where they kind of clash with each other? Like how, how, what's the support like at home?
1: Um, you know, great support. First of all, we're empty nesters. Uh, kids both live in Madison, Wisconsin, effective last August. Uh, so that is a little bit different. And uh, I look for inspiration in everything That I encounter, do, see, read, whatever. And I actually talked about this in my Facebook group the other day. It doesn't matter where you are in life and position wise with your work, you're going to the fast food joint for lunch and grabbing a bite. There's somebody there in charge. You can literally witness leadership wherever you go, or good or bad leadership, I guess. Uh, Good or bad leadership, wherever you go. And so I'm constantly looking for inspiration and growth opportunities. Um, just this morning, my wife and I were catching a little bit, no, it was last night, we were, we were watching something last night. And I paused what we were watching, whipped out my phone, made a note, because I, in the back of my mind, I was chewing on a problem and about what I could do about something. And it just came to me watching what, I don't remember what we were watching. And I, I typed it in my notes on my phone and i said to her hey have you used the notes app because i just discovered this about three weeks ago and it's a lifesaver because i'm not having to run to my office to write something down or try to remember it three hours later so i look for inspiration a way that i have embraced my kids in this is through a maybe a mentoring lens in the last um month i've invited them both into my facebook group as emerging leaders and they both got different skill sets but leadership skill sets nonetheless and they're both definitely emerging leaders one is a new project manager working for a a software company in the madison area the other one's still in uw madison and they both have leadership skills and they've got skills everybody does they're who they are and they're right for that they've just got to learn to figure out what their skills are why they're wired that way and sharpen them so i put i invited them into the group to allow them to see me through a different lens and also to engage other leaders and grow with those other leaders as we progress through this group and on this journey together.
0: Fantastic. I mean, that's great.
1: Yeah. It's exciting because I, I, my, wa- my daughter is wired a lot like I am and good or bad. It, she is. So I've, I watch her do things that I've seen myself do. And I, I, her skills, her leadership skills, are more honed as a 20, now twenty-two-year-old than my, mine were at that time. So I see better skills in her than I had at that time.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, and it's good on you that you uh, noticed that. That's you know, I, I think that's good because I mean, I believe people growing up need that positive affirmation, need that recognition. I mean, nothing, no matter what you get at work, no matter what you get through your colleagues, but to have, you know, the top people in your life, which is usually your parents to basically have that positive affirmation can work wonders in a person's life. I mean, a lot of times, let's be honest, we all have moments where we're screwed up, you know, like, or have something that you're going, why did I do that? Or why do I think that way? And and to be honest, our screwed up thoughts usually stem from what we learn from our parents. Now intentions were always the best. Nobody, no, no. I've never heard of a parent waking up. How can I screw my kid up today? Nobody does that. You, you wake up and you want to do what's best for them. But and sometimes I think our own fears and insecurities get projected on them. So yeah. for you to recognize her strengths and have positive affirmation, that's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, sure. absolutely. I've been thinking about that a lot too. Since now they're they're both out of the house full time. My daughter was gone for. while then covet hit and all of a sudden she was apparently i didn't know that uw madison had a satellite campus in my basement but she was here for (laughs) a year and a half anyway she's back in madison graduated in december and now working for a a company and then my son who's there they they have different skill sets but i never once sat down to teach them leadership you know I, i existed they existed and they they're who they are what i see in my son is his ability he's very charismatic and he's a good people person, and he's going to get the job done, but he's also going to challenge along the way. The, the, the why are we doing it this way, and why did you do it that way, and why do why this, why that? He's going to challenge, 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 but wherever he's gone as an employee and as a student, he's made a mark because his, uh, his intellectual ability and his propensity to challenge and his propensity to be he, he's loyal all that goes into making him who he is and it resonates with people and people are drawn to him because he likes people. My daughter, on the other hand, her mere existence and the way she approaches life are enough to bring people into her circle because they, you can sense other leaders, right? When yeah. the leaders in the room, you know, they're there. She's got that. When, pe- when she's around, people recognize her for who she is. She doesn't have to go out and, try to drum up business or get people to support her. She's going to be who she is and they're going to support her for that. So they, they both draw people in, but
0: in drastically right, right.
1: different ways.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I get that. Now there's something I picked up on before and I'm going to bring that up now because you said Fridays are basically for lack of a better description as your day to connect with everybody Is your day to you know, to be free of schedule and not meaning that you don't do anything productive, but it's all about keeping connections close and tight. And, right. and that's your kind of uh, Friday. So that basically means the rest of the week is obviously something different and where and you mentioned a calendar. So I'm going to assume that you're a little bit like me where I have everything planned out throughout the week. So yeah. my question is how, and how do you, plan your week and what does that usually entail?
1: Well, my, you know, I had a paradigm shift this week. Uh, I was in another coaching class, a guy by the name of Tyler Ranola out of Chico, California. I was on this accountability challenge this week and from Monday to Tuesday, Monday during the call, he had us uh, verbalize something we were committed to do the next day. And it was something, you know, I had anyway, but then I had an epiphany the next morning before we got jumped on the call. And it was about, I was viewing things as tasks that I was doing on a daily basis versus things to move us forward. Like I'm going to do this because it's going to be dividends down the road. I was looking at them in like tasks. So I don't have tasks anymore. I've got things that I do and I post content on my Facebook group daily. I do a little Facebook live. Monday and Thursday, I do something on LinkedIn to just spread knowledge about compensation and attract and retaining people. I send out a newsletter on LinkedIn on Fridays. I do some poll stuff on polls on either Tuesday or Wednesday on LinkedIn. And outside of that, I've got client calls, coaching calls, uh, collaboration calls. I've got power partners with whom I meet um, where we serve the same type of people but do things Different things, so we can collaborate to approach our clients and give it a more complete service. So I do that on Friday afternoons as well, because it's more of a collaborative competition, not competition, because we don't uh, collaborative power partner type mean, But I love it. I embrace them, and it's a good collaborative half hour I spend every Friday afternoon. And during the week, it's it's depends on the needs of my clients. Um, the great news about our our compensation software, Dynamic Comp, it's very user-friendly, so I can literally train new clients in like 30 minutes on how to use the platform, and then I just check in on them on occasion to see how things are going, and it's seamless, easy to manage. That's where the time thing comes in. When we save people time and money, their, turn- their, their turnover rates or their, their retention rates increase, therefore, they're saving time and money. And then the management of compensation systems annually, when they're worrying about raises and changing what they're doing and their systems can evolve with them, that saves them time as well. So that's very minimal in my calendar. It's more the coaching and mentoring that it depends on my client's needs where I am on any given day. But I'm constantly focused on content and providing value to those who follow me on uh, social media.
0: Makes total sense. Now, I want to be uh, you know, respectful of your time. So I'm going to have a couple of last questions and then get into what I call a lightning round, which is just uh, some few fun questions. So my second last question is, how do you know it's been a successful day?
1: If I can look at the end of the day and think two things. Am I better today at this time than I was yesterday at this time? That's a win. And have I positively affected someone today? There's my other one. If I can say yes to both of those questions, it's been a good day.
0: That's so good. I like that one a lot. So, last but not least, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, well, we've got a website, dynamicosystems.com. You can see under by my name how you spell dynamico, dynamicosystems.com. I'm on li- LinkedIn, Dan Cop. Dynamico, and you can also email it Dan at dynamicosystems.com. So those three ways, and I do have an offer for your viewers and listeners. The first 10 people, if you want to engage with me in a coaching type uh, process or mentoring type process, but not sure if we're a good fit, I'm offering 10 free 30-minute sessions. So if you you want one, feel free to contact me in one of those ways, Dan at dynamicosystems.com. We can schedule a 30-minute free coaching call and see if we're a good fit for moving forward.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for that. Now getting into the uh, lightning round. I'm gonna start off with my favorite question, which is what is your favorite food?
1: Oh, it's gotta be a burger.
0: Yeah, uh, I had one uh, yesterday.
1: Oh, I could I could live, I'm addicted to them. It's it's my I have several vices. That's one of my vices, burgers. Love burgers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is it any particular one? Like do you have a, a favorite burger from a certain spot, or is it just all burgers? Are all equal.
1: <laughs> and, no, they aren't. I'm to tell you, all burgers are not created equal. There's this joint in uh, Milwaukee called Oscar's Bub and Grill that, I mean, the burgers are huge, half pounder. Their fries are great and they've got, and they're, they're stuffed, and it, oh my God, and they are ninety nine or 8 99 You can't go wrong. And no, then, definitely not. Yeah, and then there's a couple places in, uh, um, northern illinois near us that we go to called dc cobs and they got a couple branches we go there and they've got they've got like 20 different burgers but i always have to get the thunder because it's got mushroom and cheese and truffle oil and my and it's literally i'm wearing it and (laughs) i'm gonna close my eyes and go to a happy place for a moment
0: yeah you're you Uh, there (laughs) oh i love the mushroom and cheese myself
1: oh i'm addicted (laughs) to them
0: I say we should take a break. Let's go get a burger. We'll come back.
1: I don't <laughs> care what time it is. We're going for burger. There we go. Uh, second question,
0: question is, favorite vacation spot?
1: You know, uh, I got to say, I'm going to be ambiguous to some degree, of the beach. The beach. I'm pretty good at sitting on the beach, not doing much. I'm, I'm very good at that. So good enough that we would spend some time in Alaska. Oh, four or five, six years ago. And while we were there, I had some time to kill one night. I was surfing the internet before I went to bed. like, I was looking for vacation spots for Hawaii for the following summer. Because I, Yes, I was in beautiful Alaska, but then I need to go to Hawaii now. So this summer, we're headed to Puerto, Puerto Rico for a while. To sit on nice. Because I'm good at sitting at the beach.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, the beach is uh, very relaxing for sure. And um, I
1: live in close proximity to Lake Michigan, too. So we spent some time on Lake Michigan Beach as well
0: that makes sense
1: yeah beautiful
0: so next question is what is your favorite book
1: oh my gosh you know i don't i i've read so many books um last year last calendar year my son challenged me to read books um that just for the year, how many we're going to read? So on January first, I texted him a number. I think it was one forty-two, and I just texted the number one forty-two. And he's wow. he was like, "What's that?" I said, "Well, that's the number of books I read this year. How many have you read?" Uh, not that many. All right, I won. Fair enough. Um, so I read a lot of fiction books. I like uh, like the the technical techno thrillers, like Tom Clancy. Those books. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there's a new series that's coming out on great Netflix called the gray man. It's uh comparable to the Jack Ryan series by Tom Clancy and is Mark Greeny, I believe is the author's name. Those are better than the Tom Clancy books, but comparable. Um, Louis L'Amour, when I was growing up, all the American Western novels, I have, I own all of those and have read them several times. I love those. And I think at times I was born in the wrong century. And I, I <laughs> been out in the wild west of the 1860s and 70s i think um but a favorite book you know the it's by stephen king comes to mind and just it's it was the best book i've ever read and i don't know if i don't know it was just a good book so I, i don't know if that it's there's a lot of good books out there and I'm constantly looking for new books and I, I'm addicted to reading on my Kindle app now. I love owning books and I've got six bookshelves in my house um, with all full of books. But when it comes time to read, I'm I'm going to take the lazy man route and have a, a, an iPad on my lap and just with the constant scroll with my thumb. I, I'm pretty good at that.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I used to have a Kindle. I loved it. Uh,
1: awesome.
0: Next question is favorite podcast
1: well the, this one of no, course, of course. <laughs> no seriously i've i've listened to a lot and they all bring something different to the table and you learn something hopefully take a nugget or two away but i i appreciate yours quite honestly because your approach to what you do and it you're affable and it's it's entertaining provocative questions um i was on a podcast last week scott aaron he's a he's a guru of using linkedin for business purposes i was on his last week and he he led a great discussion i i I watch it listen to his stuff brother um so you know it depends on what you're looking for same with books there's so many great ones out there and same with leaders there's greatness everywhere you look right you just got to find it so i i don't think there's a favorite it's just, what are you looking for? Go out, explore, and hopefully you take a nugget from various spots to make a, a better knowledge base for what you're looking for. And that's leadership. You know What skills do you have? Find yours and start honing them. And you get a nugget from here, get a nugget of knowledge from there, and you're going to grow.
0: Absolutely. Any last uh, final words before we uh, log off?
1: No, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's been an exceptional experience, and I would welcome the opportunity to work with your audience members and help them harness the power of me, help help them look within and figure out what their skills are and work on uh, mastering them.
0: Absolutely. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It was an exceptional one.
1: Right on. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. You as well. Go spread the love.
0: You like what you saw and you want to see more like this, subscribe to the link below.